0: Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we cover BetOnline.net's over-unders for the season like the point totals, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi's goals, and Alex Nedeljkovic's goals against average. And then also, we're going to answer your questions you guys submitted via Twitter. So stay tuned for today on Lockdown Red Wings. <laughs> Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. It's called The Daily J. And Scotty is the host over at Locked On Tigers, who successfully avoided a 100 loss season unless there's an epic collapse in the next half inning or whatever's left <laughs> of that game. And he's also a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, before we get into it, I, I kind of laid it out there in the cold open. We're going to talk about the battle line than that over-unders in today's day. It's, it's an off day. The Red Wings play, for us, as the day we're recording, it's an off day. It's Thursday. There's no games. There is a game on Friday here when you're listening to this against the Washington Capitals. But it's kind of hard to preview games when you don't know what the lineup's going to look like. Uh, so we're going to have a little bit of off-day fun, so to speak, on answering those questions, talk about those over-unders. Um, but before we get to that, there is some news updates that have come out. The Red Wings have released three players from their amateur tryouts with the Detroit Red Wings. And that includes Riley Piercy and, uh, Yvonne, Yvonne, y- Yvonne, Yvonne, Yvonne. And there was one more gentleman, uh, Iberti, they, yeah. all three of those guys got released from their amateur tryouts. So they are no longer there, we're down to 57 players, as well as the fact that, Andrew Kopp skated today with the Detroit Red Wings. He's wearing a no-contact jersey. But Derek Lalonde said they may have to redefine what no-contact jersey means for Andrew Kopp because he's out there playing very physical, which is a good sign. Um, that uh, Not a good sign that he's wearing a no-contact jersey being <sighs> used to contact, but that he's comfortable all enough right. using contact. So that's really all there is to that. Just the fact that he continues to get better after having that surgery on his core and hopefully he'll be ready by the time October 14th rolls around. He's got another two weeks to get healthy. Um, so let's just get right into it. Then Scotty on these over unders you want to start with the big one. The one that uh, yeah. the to- the point totals one. Sure. I have it. I to pull it up here on Twitter.
1: 84 and a half.
0: Thank you. Well, cause I, I put them pull as out. I'll be about dot betonline.net. betonline.net gave these point totals the over under for the Red Wings this year was 84 and a half six points better than their over under was last year in which the Red Wings achieved the under so whether or not they get the over under is the question here I put a poll up and thus far this poll is still ongoing as of recording there's 43 votes 74 percent of you guys say yes they will hit over 84 and a half and uh 26 percent say under 84 and a half Scotty where do you lie where you think they're gonna get over or under 84 and a half
1: points I like the over here and like, so here's the, here's the, here's my problem. Okay. Here's the dilemma that I have. All right. As we talk about the beginning of every single show, I also host <laughs> on Tigers. Now, you do? When the season was starting for the Detroit Tigers, everyone always, everyone kept asking me, you know, the Tigers, how are they going to look? Like, Uh, You know, we won 77 games in 2021. What's the win total going to look like for 2022? And I was like, well, we won 77 last year, and we brought in a big-name shortstop, a good starting pitcher, a new catcher, and are calling up two of the top prospects in the entire game of baseball. So I feel pretty confident that it's going to be, you know, especially playing in that division better than 77 wins, right? (laughs) We would at least build on what we did last year, being that it's the same team plus five new faces that are all better than the people they were replacing. I was like, that makes sense in my head. And then this was an absolute catastrophic implosion of a season for, for the tigers. So I, I want to take the over and, and I, and I think that that's the way to go. And I'm, that, that's my answer, is over 84.5, but six points, in theory, <laughs> you're bringing back the people from last year's team, plus you're improving at quite a lot of places. You went out and had a really big free agency. We're calling up some kids, you know, presumably. You would think that six points better than last year is not the – not far-fetched you think that that would be right in the realm of possibility but there's also a lot of other factors because this division is crazy good and 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 all that stuff that we've been talking about all offseason but I would like to think that given the offseason we had and given where we finished last year just in a really like basic simplistic mindset like that should probably be around around where we finish
0: yeah, that's it's a tough one for sure, because especially when you you mentioned it there, the division is going to be a big factor. I think right. on paper, this team is more than three wins better because that's the difference is they're they're projecting it uh, six more points than last year's over under. And I, I mean, that's just I, I don't know, man. I think that they could definitely hit that over but like once you get to that like 90 range now you're flirting with the playoffs and this division is just so stacked. I mean you, you talk about it so their over under in this one is what what I say 84 and a half. Yep. I mean if you take the under at 84 and divide that by 2, that's 42 wins on the season. That's an over 500 hockey team not you know obviously overtime regulation Overtime and shootout notwithstanding in those types of situations. Like if you're going to straight through regulation wins losses, that's 42 wins and 40 losses in an 82 game season. So they are projecting you to be about a 500 hockey team, which is a really good sign, especially in this division. And I think I'd be happy with them being around a 500 hockey team. I think that's a really well-placed over-under. And I, I'm going to lean on the side of the over as well, because I think they're going to surprise people with how good they are but I don't think it's going to be much more than that. If I was really going to truly nitpick, I'd probably put them at 86 or 88 points on the season. If I'm being realistic with my expectations, that's where I think they would fall. Um,
1: yeah. So I like, obviously hockey is, is unique in the sense that, you know, the overtime losses, um, you know, matter. But I, I think that within this season and just like looking ahead that, like the, like we said, the division, obviously a big deal, but when looking at the bottom half of the division, that is where, you know, you, you look at the top half, you go, okay, a loss is a loss, whatever. If you look at the bottom half, that's where I think the biggest difference in this season is, that we could make is, and I think there is probably enough points and, and enough, they're going to be close games, they're going to be battles, but potentially... Enough wins better than the, the bottom part of the division. I think that's the bigger thing uh, that I look forward to when, well, look forward to, look at when talking about, yes, the division is very good. Yes, it got even better, but we got better too. And I think that when you're, when, if you cut the division in half, top four, bottom four, we should have, we should have uh, enough wins to go around there to, I think, take a step in the right direction.
0: Uh, let me clarify something too real quick, because we've been talking about being six points better. The Red Wings over under this year is set six points higher or seven points higher than last year's over under. They finished with 74 points, but the right. over under for the Red Wings last year was set at 77 and a half. bet online that now they're set at 84 right. and a half. So let's clarify point, that. In yeah, case There's any confusion
1: difference in points of, yeah, where it was set last year, not how many points. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, but, it um, would be a 10 point improvement from last season, which yeah. I guess is also, I mean, that that's, that's, pretty significant and this this division is good so like you know this is far from a slam dunk thing either way but the team also objectively got like pretty substantially i even want to say better than last year so like i don't know i i go back and forth a lot but i i do think that right in that 84 85 86 range is probably where they'll end up
0: I, I tend to agree with you. I think that's going to be right where it's at. Um, when we come back, we're going to continue getting to the players more so than the uh, overall team. We got three players to talk about. Uh, but first, I talked to you guys today about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for football. Betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Segment two Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty Dylan Larkin's goals above average or goals over under above average is my metric frame speaking. There. <laughs> That's Brian's favorite. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his over under for goals this season was set at I believe twenty eight and a half and I twenty nine and a half rather. So they have him right on the cusp of being a thirty goal scorer again and. 74 votes were tallied for this one, and 74% of you guys say yes, he'll hit the over, while 26% say he's going to hit the under. Scotty, do you think Dylan Larkin is going to hit the over
1: or the under this season on his goal total? I like the over for this one. I really like the over for this one. I'm I'm more confident in this one than I am the uh, team point total as well. I, I really like a 30-goal season for Larkin, and I, I don't think there's t- – More than anything, I think it really is just going to come down to health. I I find a hard time believing with with the surrounding cast that he has now and just how productive that top line, which is pretty much going to be the same, presumably, how successful he was with it last year, the big step forward, you know, career of the year last year. I, I really don't see any way he stays healthy for 78, 82 games and takes a substantial step back as far as, Uh, his production goes. So I'm I'm pretty confident at that, that that one is the over.
0: Yeah. I mean, health notwithstanding, I think he's a lock for over 30 goals. I mean, I think last year was more that last year was Dylan Larkin. Like that was Dylan Larkin. That wasn't a flash in the pan season for him. Now he has two 30 goal seasons in his career. And I think, I think that was what you can realistically expect from him. I, or I think that's what you should expect from him year in and year out. I think a lock right there at 80, or, sorry, 30 goals is right in that wheelhouse. 80 points would be perfect. I think if he can be an 80-plus point guy, that'd be uh, right what you need from him. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi's over-under was set at 28.5, and, and 64 votes tallied on that one. 44% said over 28.5, while he under says uh, 56% voted under on that one, which that one It seems like the people think he's not going to hit 30 again, which I kind of understand because if you watch his play style, he's not typically like his, the type of player he is doesn't typically hit 30 goals, more of a consistent 20 goal score, which I think is very good for the type of value he brings. But I think people are underrating his skill too, because they look at when there's almost a stereotype. When you think about Tyler Bertuzzi, especially with the way he looks applies to it. He just looks like that gritty, you know, net front presence He's going to, you know, force turnovers, but he's got soft hands too. Like people are underrating his skill here. There's a reason why they called him a Marshawn light. I mean, that was a compliment into his play style. I would not be surprised if he hits 30 again, but I also understand why people are taking the under. I think 25 goals for him. If he can hit 25 goals again, I think that's a very, very realistic expectation. So I would agree overall that the under is where I'm going to, I'm going to land on this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if he hit over. Yeah, I'll take the
1: under uh, as well. I, I don't think that it's, uh, you know, under by 10. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I think probably mid-20s is where he'll end up. But uh, it, it's just the the way that most of his goals are scored is, like, there is some inconsistency that comes with that where, like, the opportunity has to present itself because he is that, you know, in front of the net, just kind of, like, bully wing that that's going to, wreak havoc and do a lot of his damage that way so you know uh, that's more of like opportunity based and taking advantage of opportunities given to you is obviously very important but it's not as much self-imposed or, or self-made situation like goal scoring situations it's more of like if everything falls into place then Bert's gonna have an opportunity to to put one in the back of the net and and, and he will because that's what he's great at um, but just you know wh- when it comes to Repeating a, a thirty goal season that he, you know, barely, barely got in there at the very end of last year. Yeah, I. net uh, goal at the
0: last game of the season.
1: Right. Yeah. I'll take. Uh, I'll I'll take the the again, not dramatically, but I will take the under on that one.
0: And then, so Alex Nedeljkovic's regular season goals against average was set at three ten. His over under was set at three ten. So this is one of those ones where you want to hit the under, not the over. So the we had 60 votes on this one. 22% said he's going to be over 310 goals against average, while 78% say he's going to have under a 310 goals against average. And this statistic, I, I don't really, I don't like the goals against average statistic. I'd rather have the save percentage statistic if you're using over under because goals against average is also very much in, influenced by the team surrounding you. Because your entire team contributes to whether or not a puck goes in the back of the net. Yes, your goal is your last line of defense, but it has to get past all of your forwards and defenders to get there. So with Alex Ndalkovich's goals against average, I do expect it to be below 310 this season. If it's above 310 this season, then something has gone wrong. Either Alex Delkovich is just shown that he isn't who we thought he was when they traded for him, or the Red Wings... A la the Tigers just did not take that step forward that we expected them to. And they just are still one of the worst in the league at goals per game. I I think that I think it's a confident under. And obviously it's reflected here in what the people think as well. I think it's a confident under 310. How much under, I'm not sure, but it cannot be a 310 again.
1: Yeah, I I I like the under here. I feel lame just like picking what the most popular answer is for all of them, but I uh like that's I I guess what I'm ending up doing here, but I I really, I am again, like you said, fairly confident in the under, I don't expect him to have like a, you know, a two nine, but I I do expect him to, to be under, I think around three goals, Eh, maybe just under three, maybe just under three, like by the end of the year. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, like you said, I'm not sure how much under, I'm not sure it's going to be a crazy amount under or anything like that. But I am fairly confident in the under 310 as well. Yeah.
0: And so, our last odds to give you guys in this episode um, is also from betonline.net. And it is the odds for Norris Trophy. And it is Mort Sider is on the list. You've seen it, right, Scotty? You've yeah, seen this list? I,
1: All right. I retweeted it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, won't, I,
0: won't, I won't quiz you then. So, Mort Sider <laughs> is listed at ninth on here ninth best odds to win the Norris. And I don't want to sound like I'm just like, I don't want I don't, to, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here, the adjective, but I'm happy that he's just on the list. And I know some people are going to be like, that's just a bad mentality to have, but he's on this list with like legitimate superstar defensemen and like stud defensemen, number one defenseman all across the league. And he's ninth on here.
1: He, yeah, he's played 82 NHL games and he's, Ninth, already, already on the in Norris. the top ten for odds. Norris. Yeah, uh, his odds are
0: listed at plus two thousand, so
1: they're very,
0: you know, they're very long odds to win it. And then he's ninth; he's behind Cal McCarr, who's plus one hundred
1: and fifty, which the heavy, heavy favorite. favorite. No one is even in the same stratosphere as him when these uh, coming with these odds. Yeah,
0: Victor Hedman's at plus eight hundred. Adam Fox is at plus nine hundred. Roman yeah, Yossi plus eight hundred is
1: second, and plus one hundred and fifty is <laughs> the leader. Yeah.
0: I don't understand how Roman Yossi got the fourth best odds. I think this graphic might be a bit messed up. I think Roman Yossi is supposed to be number two on here because he's got plus 750 odds. I think the graphic got a little messed up Mm. here. I mean, still. It goes Makar 150, Yossi 750, Hedman 800, Fox, Fox 900. You got, yeah, man, this is, he's not the, he doesn't definitely have the worst odds, but. He's up there with guys like Heiskin and McAvoy, Hughes. It's interesting that McAvoy's on here. He's starting the season injured, so it's going to be really hard for him, I think, to. You have to absolutely dominate to get yeah. it. But would you take that bet at 2000 You just throw a little bit of money on there just for fun.
1: Throw a nice little fiver mm-hmm. on
0: there. It's like uh, the the Calder thing, right? You know, you go into yeah. the season, you like put a little fiver on there. And by a the end of the season, fiver. he was a. Mu- by the end of the season, Sutter was minus odds for Calder, which is insane. Yeah. Like so heavily favored that he had minus odds. But yeah, I mean, just having Mort Sutter on there is, is, is pretty cool to see. I think he's going to have an absolute fantastic season this year. And I think he is going to get thrown a couple of Norris votes. But for him to win the Norris this season, he would have to be... I don't know what he would have to accomplish, honestly, because I feel like with the NHL going so much more towards offensive defensemen, he he would have to put up
1: some offensive numbers while still. Yeah. You know, being as good as he is defensively. I
0: mean, he put up 50 points last year while also being a stud on the back end. Like what more, he's such a well-balanced offensive and like, he's just a well-rounded defenseman on both ends. I don't know what a guy like him is going to have to do to be like, I deserve the Norris over Cal McCarr is going to put up like, eighty plus points. You know, that's right. the
1: that's the tough part. <laughs> so it'll put up eighty-three as
0: a D man as you're just gonna go, all right, well. <laughs> so I think that he's Norris trophy caliber, but when it comes to voting, who who knows?
1: But yeah, I don't take I, him a couple of years to really get yeah. that uh respect in the voting. Yeah, he I
0: think he'll get a vote or two this year if he goes out and has a season like he did this past year.
1: But yeah, I don't I think agree. it'll be
0: like first place votes. It might be fourth or fifth. Yeah. But he's he's definitely on the path to it. Um, when we come back, we're going to get to your guys's questions that you added us on Twitter and, uh, do our best to answer them. Awkward transition. I did well yesterday, but when we come back. Segment three locked on red wings podcast. We're going to get to your guys's questions that you sent us. I got to scroll down on the Twitter notifications here. So give me a second here. Oh, they
1: are a hockey team. They
0: sure are a hockey team. Aren't they Scotty? Yep. They it's are annoying. based in the city of Detroit.
1: Mm. Uh, they were So red I got one. White. We're good. Right.
0: So this one comes from at Fantasy FB Steve on Twitter. Um, and this one actually kind of, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday. It goes, do you guys think Soderblom has a chance to make the wings this year? Funny he would say that because I'm pretty sure I just posted a highlight on Twitter answering that very question uh, from a conversation yesterday after he had a great game against the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, I I think he does. I don't know if it's a big chance, but I mean, they're giving him top six minutes in the preseason management requested it. And has stated how, how well he has played. And we talked about it yesterday, but this is very much a year where the best players are going to get roster spots. And it doesn't matter what, how long you've been in the league, how old you are. I mean, if he's outperforming guys like Giovanni Smith or Adam Ernie or Pew Suter, he'll get a position, not saying that those are the guys that he will perform, but just using those as an example. I think he's definitely making the case for it, but I think he still has a better chance of starting in Grand Rapids. I think he has a shot at making the Red Wings, but I think it's like 25%. It could increase as the as the preseason goes on, but I think they're going to want him to start in Grand Rapids unless he just balls out like Raymond did last year.
1: Yeah, so that's, you, you literally took like everything I was going to say pretty much. I mean, like I I, I think that it's, under 50% and honestly I was thinking of what percentage I would have given it before you said yours and and I was going to go 20. So I think like and, and again that's on, you know, Thursday September 29th is when we're recording this. Like that's it, it could obviously get better and and improve as the preseason goes on. Like who kn- who knows what's going to happen in the last uh 6 games here, but I I think right now there it's probably still slightly more likely that he uh he ends up in Grand Rapids. Now, if we want to talk odds that he's playing in a winged wheel at any point this season, I'd probably put that over fifty. Yeah, I think but, so. You know, that includes end of the season, maybe we're out of contention, call up stuff for a few games, whatever. But yeah, I, I think starting starting uh the season, opening night, I would say it's probably still more likely he doesn't than he does but the odds are certainly bigger than they were before camp in my yes. head like the the odds that I thought that that number has certainly grown a ton in the last week and uh, could continue for for the last week here of the preseason so
0: so this question comes from at psycho dad 2 on Twitter Um asks a couple of questions here actually in in, in this tweet. The first one is, do you see Lindstrom, Giovanni Smith and Joe Valeno in the AHL? Um, That's a really tough one. That is a really tough question because with the exception of Joe Valeno, Lindstrom and Smith would have to pass their waivers. And if you pass Lindstrom through waivers, I bet he gets picked up. I don't know about Giovanni Smith, but I I definitely see Lindstrom getting picked up if you pass him through waivers. But again, like I just said with Soderblom, if Lindstrom isn't is having a subpar preseason like it kind of looks like he is and there's other defensemen out there like Bianca Batuka or Simon Edmondson who looks like they're ready for an NHL level not that Bianca Batuka will be ready but just using those guys as an example then they absolutely will waive him. I think that it's going to come down to Iserman going to want the best players on this team Lalone's going to want the best players on this team and just because you're waiver eligible doesn't mean you won't get sent down. I, I, th- I could definitely see Valeno just because he's waiver-exempt waiver, uh, waiver exempt getting sent down to start the season. Uh, if it comes down to they need to cut a player and there's uh, guys that they have to go through waivers and it's a tough race and that could be the deciding factor. But if Joe Valeno outplaying other guys, they're not going to send Joe Valeno down just because he's waiver-exempt. it would have to be like they're neck and neck and that's the deciding factor.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And and it's definitely – it is definitely a factor, right? Yeah. Like, uh, undeniably, the waiver-exempt thing is definitely a factor for Valeno. But, um, yeah, y- you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth on, on Valeno a lot for Me this too. season. I think he's, like, right in that in-between kind of area of Whoa. everything. And so – He'll definitely be, you know, if a forward goes down early, he will certainly be like first person up and first person given an opportunity to fill in that void if he starts off in Grand Rapids. But um, just be, uh, again, because of talent and the, the waiver exempt thing. But I don't know. I go back and forth a lot. With I, I guess
0: to answer the question, like give a definitive answer, I would say no to Lindstrom and then yes to Smith and Valeno to being in the AHL this season. Um that's just that if I had to give an answer right here, right now.
1: I think I'd agree with that.
0: Okay. Uh, then the second one was, do Zadina, Peron, Verona, and Kubelik score 80 plus points outside of the top line? No. <laughs> uh, no, Each? not all of them. Each. All yeah, of them. I mean, not happening. No. You would have right, you would yeah. have a Stanley Cup caliber team if all of those guys had 80 plus points.
1: Yeah, that's steep for sure.
0: Um, I could see Verona doing it. But I don't think Zadina's doing it. I don't think Perron's doing it. I don't think Kubalik's League's doing it. I think for Zadina and Perron, you want them to be somewhere in the fifty point range. Or forty po- let's say forty points for Zadina, temporary expectations. Perron fifty Zidina, point range. Yeah,
1: Zadina if Zadina's Zidina, point total starts with a five, um, yeah. you know, that's You're, a very successful. That's seat. a breakout year for him. Yeah.
0: I mean, because you're looking at if he, that's a 20, 20, 20 split, you know, 20 goals, 20 assists. That's a great season right. for Zidina. Uh The best season he would have had to, up until this point. Peron, I think in the mid fifties is right along t- uh, pace that's with like his, his consistent career average. It just like what he's done. Yeah. I could see Verona getting over 80 points if I'm being honest, but he would have to have like, it, it would have to be the, obviously would be the best year of his career,
1: but I, I would probably put him more in the 60 points if I'm being yeah, honest. But, I, I mean, like, he, he's such a wild card because we still have yet to really see him play a significant yeah. amount of time. I mean, if he does the production, right, if he keeps up the production that he does in these short stints when he's healthy, then, like, you know, he's going to be a 90-point scorer. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, we, we need to see what he can do over a, a full NHL season relatively healthy. So, um, and- I, I think that's the... The biggest thing for him, but yeah, I I don't, I don't know if I really expect any of those dudes to hit 80, but no, I, I do think that uh, if all of them have more than 45, I mean, that's a massive win.
0: Oh God, that you'd have a, like, that's your middle six right there for the most part. Yeah. Zadina, Peron, and Kublai, just a, four a, You middle be a six. Very
1: successful season. I think if everybody, if everybody you just named had like 45 yeah. or more.
0: And like, obviously all the point totals we're naming off are like on the high end of expectations. Like for if they sure, all yeah. had the bet, like they're, they're, all had the best case scenario seasons for themselves. I think that's where they land. I think Zadina in the forties would be best case. Perron in the fifties would be best case. Vrana in the sixties. would oh, be Oh yeah. Best
1: case. I, I, probably. I, I would say and 30, like best 40. case just isn't going to happen for everybody. Not, no, so like, like one of these dudes is going to, you know, put up whatever 33 and we're just going to be looking at the end of the year. Like, and even like, even if Kubali comes in and is, is
0: 33 and it's 20 goals and 13 assists, that's still a step up over his last two seasons.
1: So, like, yeah, and on the third, a 20 goal score on your third line that yeah. you play power play too, that's a successful season. Yeah, 80 is just a lot. <laughs> I
0: think people just like this, kids, that, that answers the question, but now I kind of want to get off into a little tangent. I think a lot of people have this expectation that anything under 80 points isn't a good season for a forward, and that's just not true. And I'm not calling you out, Jesse. I'm just talking about in the, in the greater scheme of things. A 30-point season, as you just said, Scotty, from a third liner is a phenomenal season. That's great yeah. offensive production from your third line. For real. And got like guys who are in the fifties and 60 point ranges. Those are bona fide Like those are guys you paid good money to have on your team. Not like all-star caliber, $10 million a year, but that's a guy you're going to give five million a year to. Andrew cop is a perfect example of well, how much did we just pay him? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean that, and that's a guy whose career best is in the 50 point range. So that's have a, a forward who's, over 50 points is very good, but 30 to 40 range is also good, too, for a middle six forward. You don't. It's very rare to have guys on your team who score over 80 points a season. Guys who score over 80 points a season are like one of the lead guys on your team. And that's why, again, I'm emphasizing why Morris Sider getting 50 points last year in his rookie season makes him so goddang impressive. Because yep. that was as a defenseman. Absolutely. So there's very few players in the league that are going to score over 80 points consistently year to year. So, I, I mean, if Larkin can get over 80 points, that's a great year. You know, I don't think Larkin is like an elite superstar talent. He's not Connor McDavid, so don't go out there expecting him to get 95 to 100 points. Not saying that he can't break the 90s if he has a career year, but I would expect him to score anywhere between 75 and 85 points realistically. And that's damn good. That's a number one center right there. You know, your number one, there's just so few centers in the league, forwards in the league that are going to be, you know, 95 to 105 point range. Those guys are the top echelon of players in the league. That's just, I think I just, I, that's my, that's my, I'm going to get off my, uh, what do they call it? Soapbox. My soapbox now, but that, that's just where I, where, where my thoughts are on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you're, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: uh, that does it. Any final thoughts, buddy? Um, We ball. We absolutely ball. Uh, we'll be back on Monday, recapping the weekend's games. Again, Wings play the Washington Capitals at home tonight, by the time you're listening to this. I do not believe it's going to be streamed on Bally or on the radio, so you might have to go to DetroitRedWings.com like you did for the first game against Pittsburgh. Um, But yes, they play the Washington Capitals tonight at Little Caesars Arena. We'll be back on Monday. Same time. Same place. It's your team. But online every day, every day.